Hello and welcome to episode 230 of Three Beers the Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. Hello. Colin, it's been a long week and I'm very happy to see your very shaven face. <laughs> my Sean, my Sean face. God, yes. God is the beard. And I, I don't, I kind of feel I not insulted, but that's what everyone says what you say. You look so much younger and I'm like, fuck off. Do, nah, do you I, think I, mean? a, I think like... a beard naturally makes anyone, I, don't, I can't think of anyone who looks younger with a beard. Mm. No one, it, it doesn't make the probably look younger. It always makes you look no. older. Ridiculously older, but sometimes it can be years. But yeah, definitely. I was kind of heading towards ZZ Top, so I guess I, I, I guess um, I don't know whether to grow back or not. I'm, I'm, I'm at a kind of transitional phase just now. What they're doing? It feels like a lot of effort what you had going on. There. It was a full Jeremiah Johnson you had going on there, so it did feel like a lot of yeah, effort. It, it was very mountain man, wasn't it? It, it was, was like yes. bird, bird's nest and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so I'm very happy to see your very clean shaven face. Um, very cold face as well. Um, there is a big difference. Yeah, you fucking notice that shit when you go outside. You're like, I don't like this anymore. No. <laughs> especially, in the, especially in the cold Scottish winter. It does really seem, you can understand why people do it to have beards up, um, you know, the Islanders. Definitely. It's a little bit warmer. <laughs> Um, are you drinking anything tonight for tonight's part? Oh, I am. Um, t- talking of Highlanders, I'm drinking Ossian, um, a refreshing golden ale from the Inver Almond Brewery. Oh, Inver um, Almond Brewery. Yeah, so so very much on point with the the Scottish theme tonight, sir. Um, this this is. Um, I always kind of say to Lorraine, have try my beer, try my beer. And every time she's like, you're a dick, I don't like it. Every time, and I'm like, well, have try this one. Um, we we're having dinner, I said, try this. She's like, I won't like it. And I was like, this is quite generic. It, you know, mm. it's like, I kind of, it, it's not a wanky fancy beer. It is quite kind of bland, almost, you know, like kind of tenant lager, kind of almost thing. And she Aye. tried one sip, she's like, you're a dick. So, yeah. Uh, I, I get, I don't know if my tastes are so refined now that, you know, like, like kind of, they're, they're, they're above and beyond what, what's, Considered to be craft beers anymore. I don't know, but to me, it is quite. It's drink. It's very, very drinkable and it's nice. But you know, it doesn't have any special character to it. It's right. just a nice drink. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. But one, one, we doing well on a Thursday night. Absolutely. I'm going well free. Might go down better. So okay. Enjoy. <laughs> we'll Enjoy. see you at a night place. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? You end up killing. What are you drinking, sir? <laughs> uh, I've got one called Muck Lime Balance. Um, Muck. Muck Lime Oh, Muck Lime Bar. Oh, that's yeah. a very fucking Art Nouveau can. Yep, and it's from Magic Rock Brewing. And it oh. is a mango and lime hazy pale ale. So you're, on, you're drinking loads of fruity beers just I now. do like the fruity beer. The fruity is what really yeah. does hit me. I, yeah. I if I can not taste the to... alcohol, that's what I really like. That's kind of the way I am uh, right now. I don't want to taste a lot of alcohol in my beer. You're turning a teenage girl is pretty much... I'll be on becoming a by the end of the month. That's, that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to book a holiday in the Caribbean somewhere and just drink fucking pineapple like, punch pineapple or whatever. I just want to live on lilt all my life. That's actually all I want in life. Just to have lilt alcoholic lilt. Yeah, that's, that's basically all I want. Alcoholic lilt. Where um, is it from, that one? Um, just out of curiosity. Magic Rock Brewing is in Huddersfield. Oh, cool. They have done, I've the... had a few of them with stuff before. Some of it, it does range. Some of the stuff I, I don't mind, and other stuff I find genuinely repulsive I've drunk. Mm. I was oh. in, <laughs> who was I was in St. Luke's in Glasgow one day, um, and a guy yeah. told me, oh, this new beer from Magic Rock Brewing, it's really lovely, you'll really like it, um, based on what I was drinking during the day. And he gave it to me, and I, I've never wanted to throw a pint at someone's face more in my life than this oh. guy who... Clearly, was on the sort of the the commission from Magic Rock Brewing to get as much. Yes. Either he's bought it, knows it's shit, and just wants rid of it, 
yeah. or Magic Rob are trying to or giving them like sort of an extra, you know, something for every pint he sells. By the way, like a, was, a percentage of the pint. I had yes. a similar thing when I went to to dine in the West End, and the guy gave me that marshmallow porter, mm. and he was like, "You you'll love this. It's great." And, and yeah. I had one sip, and I was like, "Dude, this is stinking." The guy's face dropped. Do you know what I mean? I was like, "Dude, this, this is not for me. Can you take it away?" And he just kind of sculpted away with it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, "Prick, don't do like, that I'll, again." I'll pay for it, but I'm not happy with you, sir. <laughs> I, I, I am <laughs> angry at you. Um, was it? Oh, I, mean, I think I won. I think the one I got before was called Salty Kiss. Oh. Which, which was, um, I can't remember the description exactly, but that's the one I'm sure I had last time from them. Um, it's a, oh, what is it called? It's a, I'm just trying to find the description over here. Salty Kiss Gooseberry, uh, Gooseberry, I think it was. But I remember being very unhappy with the gentleman who gave it to me. I was. Um, I would, I would <coughs> describe that one as a homoerotic awakening dream, but that's yeah. just my description. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I put in the can. <laughs> it's annoying because, like, look, was the one place in Glasgow that was selling little creatures for a while, and I was like, I, I, mm. for, I, for, I forwent my little creatures beer to try this one recommended by this bartender, and I'm like, motherfucker, you are taking away from the thing I love to give me this. Shit. He duped you, good man. He fucking yeah. duped you, good. He, he tricked me. He definitely waited until like four or five in before he tricked me. That's it. He knew. He knew I was. He knew I was open to all sorts of suggestions. I'm probably glad he, he didn't offer anything one else. Eye, one eye, kind of slightly uh, wandering off. To it. He's like, got him. That's it. Now go, go, go. Yeah, Ship in the paint. Absolute prick. Um, so anyway, but this one, uh, Mark Line Balance from. Um, from uh, Magic Rock Brewing is very nice. Um, goes down much easier, but a lovely fruitiness to it. Um, so yeah, I will definitely buy that one again. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to our, our usual, the non-cinema viewing. Um, it's been, I've been a very cinema-heavy week this week, so I've got a lot to talk about. I've not got really much to talk about non-cinema viewing. Um, the only thing I watched of note, and I'm still enjoying it right now, is an Apple Plus TV show called Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon? Schmigadoon. Um, okay. It's basically Brigadoon. Um, mm. Where it's like these two people stumble across a village, but everything is done in song. It's like sort of like it's the, someone's like a 1950s musical. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're they're fully aware of where they are and they're, and they're trying to get out. But everything they're trying, everyone's like sort of very cliche. You, know, you get the bad boy, and everyone wants to marry for mm. life, and it's you know they don't want two people who are together sleeping together if they're not being married and all that kind of stuff. And the trick is, they, they, as they come into this village, they're sort of they're in their relationships on the rocks. Um, yeah. And in order to get out of it, you have to be in true love to get out of it. So they've got to try and find their true love in order to get back over the bridge and get away. Is um, it supernatural? It's no, it's not something like that. That's just the sort of that's sort of just the um the sort of the sort of um the sort of hook to get you in. It's just okay. really more of, it's more of a kind of rom com kind of thing, um, with, with songs and dancing and stuff in it. It's a good it's cast. Too. It's got it's got Keegan Michael. Keen, uh, Peel, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know him. Yeah. Uh, it's also got like Alan Cumming pops up in it as well. Oh. And, uh, who else is in it? Some um, the girl. Oh, I can't remember her name. Kyra Chetworth. She's um, one of the girls from Wicked. She pops up in it as well. Somebody from West Side Stories, and it's got a really good, really good and interesting cast in it. Dove Cameron, I think, is another big name. She's sort of a like YouTuber and things like that. She's in it as well. So it's a good cast. Very sweet, very clever, very funny. It's only six episodes long. And all, and all about half an hour each, and we've watched the first three, and we've very much enjoyed the, the three so far. You do like a musical, sir. You always I do. Kinda, you throw me with your love of a musical, because yeah. I, I kind of don't mind musicals if they're done well. So some of them are just a, a detestable, but you know, I'm kind of I can give or take. But you always surprise me with your love of. But then I'm the same as you. Films. It needs to be done well. Like, and some mm. of them I don't like. Like, for example, I hate Lemis. See, when it's just when it's when it's all singing and there's no talking. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, like that. I don't like, yeah, I don't like that. I, don't, I like, I, like, I, like I almost to have like a, a balance. 
I almost like the fantasy aspect of it, of like people not really being aware they're singing and dancing sort of during it. You know, it's almost like it's like a break from reality in the film. Yeah. You know, but it's still. Um, just quickly, just on the musical note, I will hear, I guess. Um, just at Christmas time, we had me and Larry were kind of looking for it. It was my choice, and I opted for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, you've told me you, you enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah. Very, very much. Um, that's the kind of music I like, but it's got, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, the music isn't doesn't dominate the full film. Do you know what I mean? There's yes. enough dialogue in there as well, but when the music does come, it's done with fun and gusto uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, whereas, you know, some musicals like Les Mis and stuff like that, it's just, it's, it's heavy, man. It's just a hard It's, just, it's tough to watch. Uh-huh. You know, Into yeah, the Woods yeah. were the same. It was very tough to watch. I fucking hated that. It was dreadful. Whereas things like, I really love the film Sunshine on Leaf. Which I really love that. I film. know, I know you do. That's one of your favourite ever films. I it really is. I really, I, I adore <laughs> that film. So like, stuff like that. I really like like um, Tick Tick Boom this year, um, and obviously enjoyed In the Heights as well. Um, a few other ones I've enjoyed in recent times. West Side Story I thought was great as well. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, a musical has to have done like I hated Cats, but everyone hated Cats, and every, every, yeah. um, I've still not seen it yet. I was almost going to watch it all night, and I couldn't quite. No, I don't. Push, don't. Push I was like, after can't do it. I, I honestly like what two minutes of just like, getting ready, and I was like, No, I can't. My phone just refused Don't. to. I saw it in the cinema, my friend. I, I, I was committed. Um, but yeah, so Schmigadoon on Apple Plus, six episodes, half an hour each. Seems a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Funny cast, well written, well performed. Everyone is committed to it. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Is, is it American? Yes. Uh, is it set in an American village? Like, Aye, like, like it's sort of Scottish, Scottish, yeah, yeah, right, okay. yeah, very American okay. village. No. Sort of, it's very Oklahoma, cross with like My Fair Lady and Brigadoon, obviously, as well. So mm. that mm-hmm. But yeah, what for we watch? Sounds quaint. It's quaint, but funny. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm giggling at it. <laughs> what have you watched of note? Um, well, the first thing we'll do, we'll both watch, I guess, that we can both discuss before I move on to what you've not seen on, on the, the, the small screen, is um, the, the Book of Boba Fett, um, episode three, dropped last night, or yesterday. Yes. Um, yes, so I, I, caught, I caught up with that. Um, I, again, man, I've, I'm really, really conflicted and confused because um, I'm like, I mean, I'd probably say, like, you know, Star Wars, probably not quite aficionado, but I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like a proper proper Star Wars nerd, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. grew up in Star Wars and one of the few people on the planet that forgave Phantom Menace, shit like that. I mean, I read the fucking book of Phantom Menace, do you know what I mean? That, that's so much about, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm like deep, you know, in, into Star Wars and stuff I will like that. say this, and, the, the, the prequel trilogy is better than the new trilogy. I'm going to stand by that. Oh, no, you're, you're wrong, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it a um, But I, they just, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I think we kind of touched on it last week. Is they just seem intent on shrinking the Star Wars universe down to, you know, a single town location almost? Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's just like, it drives me mad. Um, yeah. We were kind of briefly touched on this before we started recording tonight. Was, um, you know, we've had two episodes so far directed by Robert Rodriguez, who yeah. is an accomplished director. Excellent director. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, the, the man can make, you know, he can do action, he can do comedy, um, he can blend the two perfectly. He's got a flair for, you know, cinematography, whatever. He knows how, he knows, how he, he knows his craft. Mm. And his two episodes have been pretty shit. Um, I won't lie to you, of the three episodes I've watched so far, I think all three have been very, very subpar. Yeah, I, I yeah. found them a real struggle to get through. Yeah. I found them, for big chunks of it, very dull. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and ultimately, I just don't really care about this character at all. Like in any yeah. way, shape, or form, I do not care about Boba Fett. Um, and I think that's the appeal with Boba Fett is he turned up in the Empire Strikes Back for literally a minute once, and a half, two scenes, time. Yeah, yeah, and that was the mystique. That that was it. Do you know what I mean? And they've just they've ruined that. Well, the other thing that really annoyed me, um, and I'll, I'll kind of say without kind of spoiling too yeah. much, but. They've, they've kind of taken the Rancor and pussified it. Do, do you know Absolutely, what I mean? yeah. The, the, the Rancor yeah, stuff I, is I'm very like, odd. It's very strange. I mean, the Rancor's, you know, it's just a big badass fucker that eats you. That's you all it was. Yeah. Why is everything an origin story? That's the annoying thing. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? And, they, but, and I guess Disney, I mean, we, we kind of knew Disney got Star Wars that were going to kind of, you know, put their, their Disney touch on it, but... It's just becoming so, so, so safe and family yeah. friendly. That it's, it's just, it's boring. Do you know what I mean? It's not edgy. It's not clever. It's, it doesn't grab the concept that, you know, I mean, Star Wars is, is you know, it's fucking high concept sci fi. Do, do you know what I mean? Ultimately, it's not really high concept. It's setting a galaxy far, far away. It's seven samurai in space, so that's all it really is. One of the first times there was ever a spaceship seen flying daytime. Do you know what I mean? mean, That's just special effects. That's not high concept. Yeah, but just the ideas. I mean, stuff like that. I cannot almost introduce, you know, what kind of galaxies are to, you know, equating it to, you know, well, you know, they don't fucking spaceships that fly during the day, seems we've got cars. That kind of shit. Okay, okay. And it's just taken that, and it's just made it just fucking bland. Do you know what I mean? Family viewing and I'm, it's kind of pulling me apart, dude. I'm, I'm really sad. Yeah, I'm sad. I think it's only got six episodes, hasn't it? Yeah, so we're halfway there, which I suppose is good. Um, Aye. Just, Unless it comes home really strong in the in the final three, I, I, I don't really see it. it. I don't see it just, at all. It just kind of makes you worry. But you know, like give it a year and. Disney are just going to destroy Marvel and Star Wars. Do you know well, mean? I think the Marvel hits have been not bad. Like mm, I thought, One Division was excellent. Fun. Cap and the Winter Soldier was average or yeah, bad. Exactly. Bad. Uh, yeah. Loki yeah. was solid at times. I enjoyed it was Loki. all over the place, Loki. It was up and down, all that Yeah, but it was enjoyable, more overall enjoyable. And I thought um, Hawkeye was enjoyable. So they're maybe, Hawkeye. The bat mm. maybe, maybe they maybe got one home run and two triples and one bunt so far with mm. a TV show. What if is a bit black as well? All over the place, yeah. yeah. But, do you know what I mean? It's like, but. They did not pay this money just to do a couple of movies. Like I you. know that I get it. It's the Disney machine. I, I get it, man. But it just scares me that it is the Disney machine. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That, that, that's the thing is Disney's there to do one thing and one thing only, and that's fucking bringing the, the books. Do you know what I mean? And they'll, they'll fucking pillage and fucking yeah. plunder anything and, and destroy it and rip it so out to do that. Um, which when when they hit, they hit strong. But I, I would say this is definitely a. Uh, swinging a a low man. And and if you're swinging that often, you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. And they're just this one just missed. I think it comes down, I don't think uh, Boba Fett was that interesting character to begin with, and there wasn't really much there to make a show out of. Um, Mm. They're trying, but just not there. Anything else you've watched of interest? Anything else to watch of interest? Yes, there is. The the, the, the one other thing I've watched of interest was um, a BBC documentary um, all about some some killings, uh, murders, no killings, murders, the murders, murders, fucking murders that happened um, between 1967 and 69 in Glasgow. Mm. Um, And uh, they were coined as the Bible John murders because the murderer was um, apparently quoted Bible quotes. uh, How do they know this? Like, how is this? 
There was one one of the girls was out with her sister and they got a taxi ride home and then the sister got out of the taxi and went home early and they were talking to this gentleman they believe his Bible John and he was quoting shit for the Bible and stuff like that. Right, okay, okay. Um, right. There is like kind of debates to, to how much it was actually true and you know how much it was you know I don't think it was like a Samuel L. Jackson kind of way. I mean, no, it wasn't like, like, you know, it's a good name. You know, it's a very, yeah, it's a scary name. It's, you know, the Bible yeah, is it's, it like, works, sticks yeah. with you. Um, I, I guess. This guy's like Scotland's version of Jack the Ripper, I guess. Um, it kind of is because I was we were talking about it off mic a little bit, and I was saying to you for for all that this this is a this is a, a character who has or a man, sorry, who has lingered sort of long in the Scottish subconscious, way more than probably should have for for, for mm. damn thing. He killed three people, very seriously yeah. sad for all the families. But in terms of like the quote unquote great serial killers or the, the sort of high number serial killers, he's not really in that echelon. But they think yeah, he's, 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 he's no Harold Shipman. He's, he's you know he's way off the mark with shit like that. Yeah. Aye. yeah. He's not even a Tobin, you know, or a yeah. mm-hmm. or a Western, like you know. So it's it's odd yeah. that he's the one that sort of maybe because it's, it's the unsolved nature of it is maybe part of it. Yeah, I think that and the, the, the kind of brutality we've done, you know. I guess yeah. I suppose killing killing women as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I know it was nineteen sixties, you know, because everyone knows Glasgow. If you talk to your grandparents, Glasgow was a lovely, friendly place back in the sixties, but nothing bad ever happened. <laughs> ever ever ever. You never got stabbed. Yeah, yeah. You never got stabbed going to the shops to buy milk. Of course. No, never no, no, of course not. <laughs> but um, I watched that. It was quite interesting. It was only two parts. Um, it was, I guess, being Glaswegian, it's always nice seeing um, Glasgow of old. I mean, you know, it's yeah. obviously, you know, it's peppered where we, you know, like kind of footage of Glasgow back in the day and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so it was nice to kind of see that aspect um, as well. Do you know what I mean? Be, I remember that and I remember that. Not that yeah. I was born in the 60s, I was slightly just after, but you know, yeah. there's still bits you see, and you're like, Christ, that, you know. You reckon I? Yeah. So that, that, that was quite kind of good to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it did try and deconstruct it for, for an unsolved murder. You know, they, they took the material and tried to deconstruct it as much as they could and give explanations to why the police kind of failed. And, yeah. you know, ju- just things like, you know, naming the guy Bible John, you know, would, would instantly assume people to look for, you know, this like kind of church going fella. Yeah, yeah. Priests and stuff like that would then become under suspicion. Where, Obviously, um, yeah. It, you know, say like, quoting line survival was something that most people in the 60s in Glasgow could do because Glasgow's all about sectarianism. It's, 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 like it's a religious Catholic city. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that wasn't, you know, a defining, you know, perhaps trait of this gallery that he could spout a few lines to the Bible. Do you know I mean? Pretty much most people could back then. So stuff like that was quite interesting Aye. as to how that maybe kind of hampered the police and stuff like that. You could call him Celtic was... John or Rangers John and that still only takes yeah. you half. I don't think you want that one the city at that point then. Um, what's also interesting, I thought about it, was um, just to slightly bring in music as well, is that the murders happened, um, Barlands. they picked these girls up in the Barlands, but, yeah. which back then was a, a ballroom dance hall, mm-hmm. um, and that's where kind of everyone went, um, to, yeah. at least from the, the poverty that Glasgow offered back then. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because I never, I mean, I, I've passed the Barlands so many times, you've been in it so many times, and you don't ever look and think Bible John, which is dead weird that... Bible we John is so well known. Yeah, we don't. But my grand does. My grand will yeah. always uh-huh. mention it because she grew up in uh, Parkhead in, in Glasgow, uh-huh. um, and she used to her and her sister would always go to the Barlands. That was a place they went as sort of like their nights out to go to the dancing. Well, so, so they were pro- they probably quite potentially bumped into Bible John. Well, I don't know. She was my, my grand's like now eighty, so she was born in nineteen forties. 
1930s. I think by that point she was too old. I think she, by that point she would married my grandpa and moved down to Ayrshire, so probably, probably not. Um, mm. probably, to, probably actually out in Australia at that point. But mm. the, the, the point remains, yes, that she still identifies the Barlands as somewhere like for the dancing, and also she will mention the, the Bible John. It's something that's stuck in mm. the sort of Glaswegian psyche more than, say, Which you know, is, I mean, I've always known, do you know what I mean, being Scottish, I get it. this is like Scottish part of Scottish culture and history, yeah. now, I guess, but I've always kind of known the Barrow murders, that's where Bible John got his victims yeah. from, but until watching that, I'd never really kind of thought, you know, I've never associated the Barrowlands with that, you know, mm-hmm. I've known that, you know, it's just information, but it's yeah. never, if I ever see it, I don't think, oh, Bible John, which is, Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't been, either, but I, yeah. I wouldn't either, but um, I know some people. I know, but then it depends what your connection. Because I remember there was like there was a woman murdered in my town when I was younger, and there was a path that she went down where she got murdered, and forever that path became like sort of like the murder path or the bad path, you know. So I guess it's that kind of thing. If, if you're alive at the time, there's a connection made with it, you know, and that's what it's buried in your head. Whereas yeah. we're definitely a generation apart from. I know you're born like sort of late sixties, but the, the idea yeah. is that. The time you were, the time you were, sorry, and the of it, you know, it's already a generation away at that point. You know, yeah, so it's not quite as, you know, the forefront mm. of mind. Um, but interesting talk. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to say. It didn't labour too much. Each each part was about kind of around twenty minutes long. Do you know what I mean, so it was like kind of sit down, quick watch. I mean, let's say a bit of nostalgia, blast for the past. You know, quite eye opening as to the investigation and stuff like that, and what could have been done better. It wasn't, and I, I, again, the fact that it's still unsolved is it. Where was it? Where was it on? Um, uh, BBC. BBC. I'm surprised Netflix has not picked one up for Bible John. It feels like it's right for a. Yeah, um, especially with, with the whole kind of crime kind of thing being so, uh-huh. so massive just now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but it, I guess in this day and age, of like kind of DNA and stuff like that and, and forensics, it's, it's crazy that, you know, that there's still murders out there that are just baffling people in places. Just walking um, around, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, you assume the guy well, probably is dead by now, I'd imagine. Possibly. Possibly not. I mean, there's interviews with people on there, the police that were investigating it, and you know, we old biddies and stuff like that that remember it quite clearly because they were at the Barlands at times. So there's still, you know, there's still a lot of people alive. Yeah, which is again. Was, was Tobin not thought to be at one point? He sort of thought for a while was, he might. Yeah. yeah, I think they had, um, which I didn't know until I watched this, but they've actually got DNA from, from right. Bible John. Um, oh. And yeah, he, he was ruled out, you know, it was like DNA. No, it's not, it wasn't him. Um, but him, mm. the, the Yorkshire Ripper as well, there was quite right. a few, like, kind of. Uh, Fred West as well. I think at one point he was as well. But well, he's from Glasgow, that. isn't he? He's from Glasgow. I stayed. I think he stayed in Glasgow. I know he was born. I know he was in Glasgow around about that time. Right, okay. I, thought that, that. I thought he was born in Glasgow. That's, that's Possibly that's yeah, maybe he why was. he was. He came back. Yeah. But it's all been debunked. So it was none of them. Um, I, I guess that's the kind of mm. every every kind of fucking true crime aficionado's wet dream is to get you know one serial killer and blunt them into another bunch of killings. Ah, it's a web. It's like the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I guess. Um, but nah, n- none of them. Um, so we'll guess we'll probably never know. Uh, Jack Dipper, again, we, we just don't know. Um, know. Yeah. Sometimes we've got mystery, you know. <coughs> not, not, not a bad thing. Not a bad yes. thing. Uh, Anything else of note? Anything of interest no, you watched? Nothing whatsoever. That has been pretty much my viewing this fucking week. <laughs> okay. Well, we. I will now spend my time trying to convince you to watch certain films and to not watch certain films um, for most <laughs> the next probably 40 minutes. Um, okay. Here we go. So... We shall start with one that's available. It's in some like cinemas and indie cinemas. But it's available. I got it on Rakuten. Um, if you, anyone who's got Rakuten, I think maybe you can buy it uh, VOD on Amazon as well. I've not checked that, but definitely on Rakuten. And has a film called Boiling Point, um, directed by Philip Bar- Barantini, um, who's 
better known as an actor in Chernobyl and Band of Brothers, and directed a film called Villain. This is definitely a, a sort of a, a step up by all accounts for what he's been done in the past. <coughs> the plot of this film is it's set over one night. It's a chef in a very busy restaurant on a very busy night. Um, he's going through a bit of drama with um, the restaurant slipping um, in terms of like his hygiene certificate. Um, he's also got some family problems he's trying to deal with at the same time as well. Also, has got a bunch of tables that are being that are being dicks. Uh, he's also got a, a critic and his sort of mentor is in the, the 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 restaurant as well, and he's sort of feeling the pressure of that as well. And there's also the dynamics that he has with the various members of the people in this kitchen on his staff who. Who work for him. Um, mm. In the film, you've got Stephen Graham, um, he plays the, the chef, who I really like as an actor. You've got Vinette Robinson, he, she plays sort of like the, the sous chef. Uh, Alice Featham plays the head waitress. Jason Fleming pops up in it, which is quite nice. Oh, uh-huh. I see Jason Fleming, he's um, second film yeah. of the week for us. We'll be, we'll be in two films this week for us. Uh, Hannah Walters and Malika Kirby. Um, I was really intrigued by this because I spent a good part of my entire teenage life and early part of my 20s um, working in various kitchens. As uh, did I, yeah. yeah. From about 15 to probably like 22, 23, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good chunk oh, of time. It's hard work, man. It's, it's hard it's, going. It's, 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 you, you learn a trade, but you learn to work, man, in a kitchen. You do oh, not, there's no... Uh, there's no... You don't get a minute in a kitchen. Do you, know I mean? you, no. get, you get your 10-minute break and that's it. Do you know I mean? you just do, <laughs> if you're not doing something, it's because you're... You're not finding something act- to do. There's you're actively not do. doing something again, yeah, yes. and there's not, yeah, you're, you're skiving, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, at times, it was it, it's definitely always the hardest work I've ever done, but also, it's at times, a very enjoyable job. And you know, in terms of there's a definite camaraderie about it, yeah, um, and there's a feeling of achievement um, doing it. Um, and yeah. I started out doing dishes and then I ended up doing like sort of like you know, basic chefy stuff as well. So, I yeah, actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed the um, the kitchen life for a long time. You get to a point, you like, you go, you know, I need to do something else because. You see, you can go one way. If you become a career chef or a career kitchen worker, you basically will drink a lot and do a lot of drugs and yeah, it's burn out. Burn out, yeah. yeah. Or you can walk away. Which I, what I, what, what I was going to say is, uh, I know how I would answer the question, but um, do you think you could do a shift in a kitchen now as a kitchen porter? I don't think I could. I don't think I could. No, I, I, I honestly couldn't. I, thinking back at what I used Aye. to do, it makes me like, cringe. I'm like, how, in the, how could I do that for so yeah. long? Do you know what I mean? Like, it used to be... Just, um, I was young. I was, I mean, like I said, I stopped when I was like 22, 23. So, I mean, it's been a while since I've done it. So, yeah. But I stuff like, um, I, I used to work at Hamden and I, uh, Celtic Park and stuff like that. And I, like, I, do, I go in there like seven in the morning and not get out till 11 at night. Yeah. You know, yeah. And stuff like that. You know. just, as we said, it is, you, you're working. Do you know I mean, you're not just walking about or waiting. You, you're no. constantly, you know, scrubbing, cleaning. Um, we, we worked in one kitchen where the head chef was so crazy that, um, he used to have his cling film the whole kitchen, like the, the walls, a full kitchen. Honestly, every okay. morning, like every fucking part of the wall had to be cling filmed, taken down at the end of the night and done again the next day. And this so, is we, like, so they have to clean it basically. Yeah, but this is like seven in the morning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, cling film, fucking, I mean, you know, a fucking six before room. Do you know what I mean? Aye. That's meant that that kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it just. I, honestly, I think I would cry. Now, if somebody said to me, "Now go work in a kitchen," I'd just cry. I'd be like, "I, I, know, I think I, I could know. do it." Either. <laughs> anyway, that's why I wanted to watch this film. But definitely, the trailer of it definitely sold to me as um, the kitchen life, and I've, I've always been very intrigued by how films put across kitchens because mm. um, a lot of them make it look like art, which I think there's a definite skill and a, tr- and a definite skill and artistic merit to being a chef. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, you know, hence Michelin stars and stuff uh-huh. like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of times films just focus on that part of it and they don't really get the grafting mm. part of it and how you know it works. So yeah, that, that's what I was looking yeah. to see. So I really I really enjoyed it. This is an extremely, extremely tense, like very fucking tense drama. There's like a constant ticking clock on it all the time because it's it's a it's a service night. So you, you know what it's like. It's just it's always yeah. busy. You've always got to be the counter clicking. Always, always, everybody, everybody wants yeah. something. There's always not enough time to do anything. So that's Somebody's constant. shouting. All there's always shouting. All there's always shouting. Not shouting about something to get something done. Then yeah. you know that there's a problem because it's not fucking getting done. Yeah. Yeah, and they capture that really well. They capture that mm. perfectly. They capture um, as well. Stephen Graham captures this sort of the chef on the edge. And you can absolutely see he's he's trying to do this job. But he's also got fifteen other things happening in his life that he's very much trying to deal with. Um. One of the biggest things about it, and probably the most impressive part of it, it's all done in one shot. It's not, uh, you know, the way they've done like sort of 1917 when it's spliced into sort of, you know, mm. you know, they cut to black. And this is, yeah. they basically shot it as a winner four times and then picked the best one. Um, and that's and that's how they did it. So this is, you know, so they, they all performed this four times um, and done it. So that's really impressive in itself. They, they do that. Always impressive. I mean, I, I don't think... I've ever seen anything that's done in a single take yet. The closest to it has probably been 1917, which was two. Yeah. And no, Bird, it was Birdman. one two. No, it was a lot of two. It was more than two. Well, a lot of two. Uh, I, I, I think I heard Mendes say there's something like 25 cuts in it. Was it? Well, yeah. Right. Um, and Birdman, Birdman as well, which is Birdman, very a few impressive. in that, but it's seamless. But um, it, it, it's, it's an art form, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And there's it, only a handful of films been done in history that, that have done right. it. Do you, know I mean? you could probably count one on you know one, two hands, and there's not a lot. So it's, it's definitely what's, like what's impressive. Though, I think if you can do it, but not make it a distraction, you know, not force it mm, to the point yeah. where you go, that seemed a bit of that seemed a bit of an effort to get that to be a one shot. This does mm. that well. It, just, it flows so perfectly through it because you'll be following Stephen Graham for a lot of the film because he's a head chef. Yeah. But something will happen and you just slightly branch off to a different kid and fall in for a minute, which obviously allowed them to leave the room to set up the room for the next part of it. And then you then yeah. the they come back, it's now set up in a different way. Um, uh-huh. so the, the staging of it was very impressive how they pulled it off. The yeah. story was good. I, I really enjoyed what it did. It felt exceptionally accurate to what I remember a kitchen life being, which is like, a, like we talk noisy, shouty, and all through the film, Jill kept asking, "Go, does that happen in the kitchen? Is this important?" I'm going, Jill, that happens fifteen times a night. <laughs> this is this is not a special. From what I can see, this is not a special night in this kitchen. This this that happened on an almost daily basis. Yeah, you know, uh, just a, just, an old, just an odd shift. That's I, the end. <laughs> that is that's that is yeah. Tuesday. Is what we call that, you know. <laughs> so that's what it felt like for myself. A different, I got a different feeling of PTSD watching. Going like, I I remember this world. Um, very well, and this sort of took me back into that world um, very quickly. And we're all shit, they have got it pretty accurate. So, did they, think, did, did, did they play the, the head chef as the megalomaniac office rocker head chef? No, definitely not. I'm definitely not. Head chef, he's which, not, he's, he's, a, he's a balance between the two, which I think yeah, I, I dealt with yeah. both. And I think the ones mm-hmm. in the middle ground are you know, the ones who you know will go off the hook if you fuck up, basically, yeah. the ones who will support you when I mean, you're doing it. And he definitely finds that balance of, yeah. You know, um, you know, has moments when he's like, what the, you know, when things are going wrong and he, he wants to blame somebody, find somebody that he ultimately, he ultimately blame himself. But yeah, it has a, an also a nurturing uh, aspect mm-hmm. to him as well. You can see he is, you can definitely see the whole film that Stephen Graham is on the edge. You know, you, you pick yeah. up with him walking into the restaurant on the phone. And from that moment, you know, this man is already 
you know, if he's if he's at a nine already, it's only going to get worse in terms of his stress levels. It's, it's yeah. just going to go up and up and up. So cool. I really enjoyed. It. I'm trying to. I don't know how much I enjoyed the film just as a film, and how much I enjoyed the sort of the slight reminiscing aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jill enjoyed the film. She thought it was a really tense, really well done film, and she really bought into the story as well. And the story is good. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I, I think the story was also very good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think a lot of my enjoyment came from just sort of a bit of a reminiscence of, of life that, that once was for myself. And a life yeah. I'm very happy not to be in anymore. Yeah, as I say, I, honestly, I could I couldn't if I was forced to. I, I, you know, if somebody said, you know, I've got to shoot you in the, the, the toe or go into that kitchen and be like, yeah, I have the fucking toe. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Flashbacks just talking about it just now. It's horrendous. Man. It's I, absolutely it's, I, mean, I think at one point when I worked in the kitchen, I was something like eight and a half stone. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. Easy, the fact yeah. that I went away now and you go, my God, like there was no way you could ever have been like eight and a half stone. It just seemed utterly ridiculous. Plus the cuts and the burns as well. Cuts, so burns, Always yeah. had, you know, if, if you didn't have like a six-inch gash in you somewhere, then, you know, you weren't working hard enough. You know? nah, exactly. <laughs> Joe is still though, really impressed that I can pretty much pick stuff out of the oven without a... Um, ah, uh, yeah. Oven mitt. Did, Lorraine gives me a trouble for that as well. Just like grab a pizza out of the oven. She's like, is that not hot? And I'd be like, yeah, it's hot. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like, I know how to cut things properly. I know how to, you know, I know how to dice things properly, and I learned how to cook. Yeah. So I'm, I, I have no complaints about that. Life. Um, it, it got me around Australia as well, so I have no problems. <laughs> um, so I would give it a very strong eight out of ten. I, I thought wow, it was a really. Yeah. It's only. It's literally ninety three minutes long, so it moves. It, obviously, we're one take, or you can't really linger around. You've got to try and move it as yeah, quick yeah. as possible. Um, but no, really, really well done film. Really enjoyable film. Um, I, I was, when you first mentioned it last week. Um, I think we spoke a bit about it after, afterwards. And Stephen Graham is a big. I'm not a massive Stephen Graham fan, but the more you're talking about it, I can actually see. I can visualise him in that role now, and I can kind of almost get, you know, how, how it's going to be. And I'm actually quite quite excited to find it now and, and watch yeah. it. So, so yes. you have sold you've sold me a blind. There you go. I've sold you one out, out of the five films we're talking about. One out, one out of five so far. Let's one go five. <laughs> well, one for one right now. The next one we're going to talk about is one. It's in the cinema. It will be in the cinema for the next few while because there's nothing else out in the cinema. Um, and as a film, you have seen this one, so it's called The King's Man. Um, oh, yes. Directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, I, was I didn't know he did. I thought he was just producing this. But I was surprised. I, you know, I thought I didn't know. I've seen enough. I thought the same. I was surprised when I seen directed by, and I was like, "Oh, I Aye. didn't think he did it." Which, Which I think we'll get to in a minute as to why yeah. I thought that. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. So Matthew Vaughn directed films like Stardust, Kickass, X Men: First Class, and also the first two. To Kingsman, Kingsman movies. Kingsman, the Golden Circle, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot of this film is set during uh, just well, during World War One. The Boer War, I think. Boer War, it starts with, so yeah, yes. Yeah. Then it sets yeah. World War One, where basically um, the, the, the main protagonist is sort of, he's, he's a man who used to be in sort of the Secret Service. He's sort of part of the, the King's Guard. He is at the King's Man, in fact. And he is yeah. asked to he is asked to go to um, Russia and and also to Serbia to protect the Archduke. The Tsar. Because it feels something bad is about to happen. Mm. Um, obviously, as we all know, something bad does happen. He's killed, and this becomes it's sort of the, the catalyst for World War One. Yeah. And then the film basically spirals into um, a trench film for some strange reason, and then becomes sort of them trying to find a way in order that the American president can't be blackmail to stay out of the war and they bring him in. So in a compromising position. Position, yeah. yes. In a yeah. Bill Clinton-esque way. He has to, <laughs> they have to try and find a way to get the information to prove that he is innocent of his support or, or not going to be uncovered for his crime so that he will yeah. go into the war 
thus beating the Germans because since the Russians are pulled out at this point in time for some other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically it's, it's taking a mix of history as like, like you know what did actually happen in history in terms of America joining Russia leaving and puts a spin on it with like sort of different reasoning behind it. And in the background, you've got a sort of uh, a puppet master pulling the strings of of this who's sort of like the which, Yeah, which we'll get which we'll get to in a minute. Which we'll get um, to in a minute, yes. What um, okay, so, so it's, it's a spy uh, in the film though, you've got Ralph Fiennes, he plays the main Kingsman. Um, you've mm-hmm. got Gemma Arterton plays his sort of side lady. Um, Polly, yes, Polly. Polly. Yeah. Um, you've got Risa Fans playing Rasputin. Yes. Yes, you've also got Harris <laughs> Dixon popping up in it. Um, he plays uh, the, the young boy in it, the sort mm-hmm. of uh, Ralph Fiennes' son. Matthew Good pops up in it in a role. Uh, Charles Dance appears in it as well. Daniel Bro appears in almost like as a fucking supporting cast member role. Yeah. Very oddly. Um, yeah. Digimon Hunzel pops up in it as well, and again, uh-huh. a similar kind of almost supporting role. Tom yeah. Hollander might be the only guy in this film who gets out of his reputation intact. He plays... He stole the fucking show. He plays the three kings of um, England. He plays um, uh, King George, the Russian Czar, and the German, German Kaiser. Kaiser. Yeah, Because they yeah, are actually they're all cousins. They're all the the nephews of Queen Victoria. And yeah, they ended yeah. up having this sort of basically... You know, war on an epic scale, and also, <laughs> and this might be his biggest crime. And um, before we get into it, is they bring in Stanley Tucci. The Tucci comes in for what two lines, if even, yeah. And that is a crime in itself. They bring Stanley yeah. Tucci into your film and give him two fucking lines. That is, that, that is an absolute it's, war it's, crime. It's in a itself. waste of a talent, isn't it? Yeah. It is yeah, with a magnificent crazy. mustache and beard, very um. Mark Twain esque, which I thought was wonderful. It's a great look for him, and he should continue to do that look. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think you can probably tell with the tone of this, but we're, we're not huge fans of it. So, what did you think of it? Um, so, um, ju- just to give context to, to the listeners, so you you and I were both blown away by the Kingsman. We both the loved the Kingsman, one. yes. Because we, we went really into the things. cinema, we had no idea what we were going to see, and we came out just like excited kids just giggling and chatting mm. and excited and like oh my god you know we've just witnessed something fucking special um golden circle didn't quite achieve those heights but it wasn't it tried a film. It, it, it kind of went gross with things which kind of ruined it a wee bit yeah um yeah which was pointless this one i was you know i'm like cool love the first two what can go wrong Everything went wrong. A lot went wrong, yeah. <laughs> Sadly, um, I, right. So, what what I liked? Let's go over the good first, because it's nice to you know. Let, let's you know, put a shit sandwich on it, shall we? Mm. Um. So, so the nice things. Tom Hollander, as, as you said, was outstanding. Um, he was fun. He, he was excellent. He he, he was really. Really, it was very obvious the same actor playing them, but yeah. every person he played in a different way, and he'd done it well. And I, I was a big yeah. fan of his role in it. Yeah, he embraced it. He, you know, he totally owned his wee part. Um, real Rafe Fiennes. Is it Ralph or Rafe? Ralph. Ralph Fiennes. He says Rafe Fiennes, yes. But it's, right. it's, it's spelled let's, Ralph, but he says Rafe. Let's give him his kudos. So yeah. Rafe is an outstanding actor. I mean, yes, he is. This, this man's acting royalty. You know, he is. Yeah. He's, you know, he's up there. Um, and I think he really tried with what he had, but what he had wasn't enough to, to chew on. Maybe. I could see him having, a, you could see in his eyes he, he had little fears of Avengers and he mm. didn't want an Avengers-esque movie yeah, again. Yeah, of, you know, that's right, because he was stung with that shit. Everyone was stung <laughs> by that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so so he he was good. Um, Gemma Arterton can do no wrong in my eyes. But had nothing to do. Had nothing to do. No, she had nothing to do. But you know, whenever she was on the screen, I was like, "That's Gemma Arterton." She, she had a moment. She, when, when she had a moment, she was very good, but she needed more. She she had the one jump scare in the whole fucking film. Remember? Oh yeah, she did actually. Yeah, she had a good job. Fucking woke me up. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Other than that, um, Rissa Fans, I thought was playing Rissa, Rissa Fans was playing the role of, of Rasputin. He was playing it in a Kingsman film that we knew wanted to see and maybe saw two films ago. Oh yeah, was, he yeah he, he he went cartoon character. He went he comic book with it. He went cartoonish with it. Nuts. Which, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought was the biggest problem with this film is you're having a film where the tone of the film, the previous tone set was. Silly, fun, essentially James Bond, but sort yeah. of a bit on steroids, you know. Even the, yeah. even, even rip it off in the opening scene of Kingsman with the whole James Bond thing as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. That's very, it's very, and then they go with this one, they totally just totally like shift 180 degrees, where you're having a whole middle section that's set in the World War One trenches, which for, is, which went is, is not a place nowhere. for it's not a place for laughs. There's yeah, no yeah. you can't really put a lot of comedy no. into the fucking trenches. Plus as well, but that whole storyline, because um, I mean the, the storyline without spoilers, the, the son storyline starts at the, pretty much <coughs> the start of the movie until yeah. about a third, two thirds of the way into the movie, yeah. and then boom, that's it. And I'm like, Stops, yeah. what, 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 and I was like, kind of physically like, you know, like, what, yeah, you don't know what, yeah. what the fuck. I mean, the conclude. Do you know what I mean? Don't. Oh. It, it made no sense to me at all. Just the, the structure, it was like fucking bonkers. It was all yeah. over the place, which I, I didn't really, I, I didn't really understand. And um, I have never heard so many bad Scottish accents. Ever. There were some dodge. There were some very bad ones. There was some horrendous Scottish accents. Um, I, I guess you know to, to your American audience, or even even a, a, anyone outside of Scotland, I guess they're like you know it's a Scottish accent. Then, yeah. When you're Scottish, it's like no, it's That's... a fucking Bad Scottish accent. It sounds like a guy from who's been raised in Eton and Cambridge doing a yeah, Scottish yeah, accent, trying to sound tough. But there was so many of them as well. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just one. They were, they were just short. I was like, you know, get a fucking Scotsman. You know, yeah, bring find one so... Scottish guy to the film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess it did have. You know, it, it, the pacing it, it didn't let up much, which was good. It Give it that. Yeah, it moved. It, it yeah. constantly kept moving. Yeah. It didn't really bog down at any point. Anytime it sort of like, there's a moment when you think it might bog down because it's a sort of um, dramatic, you know, almost a mourning scene. You think, oh, this could drag yeah. on. They got it rid did. of that very yeah. quickly. Yeah. A minute, um, two minutes, move on. The, the the choreography, the fight scenes weren't done with as much gusto as the previous. Nope. Especially when you think of the church scene in Kingsman. Where that's it. That, nothing stuff. reached that. The only thing I said, yeah. Rasputin scene. When they're fighting Rasputin, um, that had the moments when it felt like that's almost a, they're, they're approaching the tone of yeah. the first two films. Yeah, and but then yeah. that never happens again. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've kind of shot on it. You shot on it now, so more. Go on. Well, I mean, I'm kind of the same. Because <laughs> I went in hoping for a sort of fun film, yeah. and I was kind of always expecting like Kingsman, but like almost steampunky. If that makes sense, you know, sort of yeah. Yeah. That kind of feel to it a little bit, you know, almost almost like, like Wild Wild West, almost possibly. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, Aye. I think as soon as you started putting all these like sort of, because I, I noticed the first moment I'm going because I, I I I know a bit of my history, and the, and um, Charles Dance is playing Kitchener. I'm going, oh, they're actually bringing in real yeah. historical people, and then they start bringing yeah. in stuff for the kings, and I'm like, this is going down a very odd road, and a bit like Archduke yeah. as well. I'm going, 
this is a very strange, strange route they're bringing this down, you know, to try and mix um, historical truth with historical fiction. Yeah. And they get very muddied, and it just it didn't really sit right with me for a lot of the film. I felt a bit uneasy watching it. Yeah. And that was that also said it wasn't fun. It just it never had any fun yeah, in it. it very it's not not at all. Lazy. That was the thing, is the first two were fun, especially the first one. You know, there's always kind of winking at you, and you know, you, you were kind of always... it knew what it was. It knew, yeah, what it, was, yeah. it knew what it was doing an up to, it knew it was doing it like a you know a, a take up of it wasn't being a parody of a James Bond film, yeah. but it was definitely sort yeah. of being like, look how stupid James Bond films are. This is what this is sort of our take on the, the madness of James Bond film, which totally works. It's, it's a spy thriller, that's what it is. This just it it totally just hit me all wrong. I just didn't. Which believe. is which I think is why we were both surprised to see that it was directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, that's because... that's what I can see. Yeah, because it felt like it was yeah. almost Matthew Vaughn's maybe written the film or he produced the film, hand it off to a different director. I was half half mm-hmm. expecting to see some like Russian name or something, you know, sort of like yeah. some European name attached to it or mm-hmm. some guy, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't was like, well, that's very odd. But then I looked at the writers and it's not um um Jonathan Ross's wife, whose name I can't remember now, is Jane somebody. Yeah, um, she was a co-writer on the other two films. So I don't know maybe right, she's okay. brought something to it that maybe she also Possibly. helped write Stardust as well. And I think she might also wrote X-Men First Class. So maybe this is mm. a departure from he's working with a different writer. And this is yeah. you know, maybe there's a different dynamic there over what they want. But it's yeah, just, just a real miss, in my opinion. It just felt like it really did feel like a miss. And I think the box office, from what I've heard, is very much shown that as well. It's not really hitting it at all. Yeah. Which is a real pity because I, I I was genuinely looking forward to it. And it's been yeah. out, out of Spider Man really. It's been a while since I thought you know I really want to see a film and look forward to it. And and yeah, I just kind of came out feeling disappointed, sad, and disappointed. Sad, yeah. I mean? like, yeah, I was like that wasn't what I paid for. Do you know what I mean, um, was, where, where's the film I was promised? Almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, um, you've set it up so well with the first two. And do you think this is the franchise killer? I think it could be because like origin, origin films, or? origin films don't work in my opinion, full mm. stop. And this is sort of maybe yeah. this, this is an up evidence to that. It does feel the next step for it might be like an Amazon TV show. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. That seems like if, if you're going to continue is... the adventures of the Kingsman, um, either beyond the films or for that intervening time between you know World War One and the 2000s, you know, have them, they have them World War Two, have them in. You know, the, the Cold War. The Cold War would be sort of rife, you know, perfect yeah, information for absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. You've also got a whole thing in, um, what was in, what we call him first character's name? Harry, is it Harry something? Harry something? Yeah, it wasn't Harry Palmer, that's uh, Michael Caine. Yeah, um, but everything Harry, Harry, Harry but on yeah. Harry's wall, yeah. he's got like a, a, all the front page covers of all the things that happened when he was doing yeah. something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> you could take each one of them and you could do like sort of the young Harry growing up through the Kingsman. That could be your next step, and that seems more. It definitely seems more TV show than. Um, I think. Movie. I think what Matthew Vaughn needs to do is go and watch something like Our Man Flynn from the sixties, um, mm. or even the original Casino Royale, not the, yeah. the new one that's a kind of original one with with Alan and shit like that, and just kind of you know touch base with the Aye. source again, and you know kind of get back in with that. I think that, that's what he needs to do. Agreed. Agreed. Out of ten, what are you giving it? Um. Oh right, hold on. I'm I'm thinking now after chatting too, um, but I'm actually want to see what. But I actually did officially rate it. You you give me your rating. I gave it a four, um, four out of ten. A four out of ten, right? Okay, give me. So, two. There was, like I said, there's some good. Like Ralph Fiennes is really trying. Oh, I gave it, I gave it a, a three out of ten. Sorry, yeah, I gave it. Real, <laughs> a real letdown. I think. Well, agree. 
Yeah, just but it, it just hurts because you do feel. <laughs> I think when you invest in, in the first two films so much and you're no scared to sell them to people, it, you, you kind of feel a bit betrayed and at a personal level as well. Which I love you it, it's not. It's not my film. It's my few ones films. I mean, stuff them, but but you do. You feel like you've been, you know, kicked in the arse and you know, let down. You feel like you expect a certain tone. I get you might want to do something different, but you've got to give me, a, you've got to at least sort of feel like it belongs in this world. And that film did not yeah. feel like it belongs in the same world yeah. as the other you, films. Yeah, you've set the scene for me. Don't uh-huh. suddenly change, you know, that that whole, don't, don't fucking redecorate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want what I've been given. Give me more of that. That's what I'm paying for. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, boo, boo on you, Mr. Vaughn. Yeah. Unfortunately, swing, swing and a miss for, um, <laughs> for McKing's man. Um, yeah. On from that, we move on to a Netflix movie, which you've not yeah, seen, so I'll try and convince yes, you, is. maybe or maybe not watch it. It's called Mother Android, um, directed by Matson Tomlin, who directed a 2012 film called Solomon Grundy, nothing to do with the DC character, and the projection <coughs> back in 2008, but he's kind of better known right now as being the writer of Little Fish and the recent Netflix release Project Power. He wrote that mm. as well. So this is which actually I didn't mind Project Power. I, yeah. I'm probably one of the few people that, that didn't mind it, but I was a bit ham fisted times, but I thought, yeah, it was, it was um okay. Yeah, you and Matthew yeah, Thomas' mum are the only two people who really like this film. <laughs> um this film set <coughs> in the near future where basically we've got Android sort of I sort of, sort of iRobot world with Androids mm-hmm. to sort of like do our bidding. And um, basically in the opening minutes of this film that the um, Android revolt happens, as we all oh. truly expect to do. And which says a young couple on the run. Um, one of them, the, the women is pregnant and they're trying to survive this new apocalypse world where robots are trying to take over. Cuts to nine months later, she's about to give birth to the baby and um, she's still trying to find somewhere safe to do that. Um, they had a belief that there is a, a boat um, in the northwest or northeast of America that will take them to China if they can get there. So they're trying to get to this, this boat. Um, Surely China's the last place you want to go in a robot revolution. I'm, I would imagine China's quite heavy into there robots in their industry and stuff. I don't want to go to China. I, want to I would have thought that as well. Maybe China's got better safeguards than we have. And oh. also, maybe, maybe the army will put that down quick. Okay, but I'll give yeah. you that, possibly. Give that, yeah. possibly. Um, yeah. And it's saying basically... I'm, I'm going get... to go to Aaron when it happens. I'm going to go to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, no enough. fucking technology over there. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, so they're trying to get there, and um, if they can get there, they hope to get safety. And it's and along the way, they meet a variety of characters who either help or hinder their um, their route, as you would expect in a film like this. Um, yeah. And if I get Chloe Grace Moretz playing the young pregnant lady, uh, Algie Smith from Detroit and the Hate You Give, um, he plays uh, the boyfriend. Uh, Raul Castillo pops up in it as well, and the cousin of Marky Mark himself, Oscar Wahlberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pops up in it as well. Couldn't even get a proper Wahlberg for fuck's sake. No, you get Mark. You get, you get, you get a cousin <laughs> of of Marky Mark, a nephew of Marky Mark. One of the two. Um, oh my god! Right, okay. So this <laughs> it's it's not original in its ideas. You know, the robot uprising yeah, has yeah, been yeah. done. You know, to death. To death. There's yeah. um, been a slew of films about the, the robots Jesus, uh, uprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but it is it is a relatively slow burning, um, darkly kind of brooding sci-fi. It's, it's, it's not really played. Definitely not played for laughs. Definitely not played for even the sort of excitement nature. It's very much a thriller um, rather than sort of your sort of off the wall action movie. Um, that's because after the after sort of the opening of the film, um, the uprising largely becomes sort of the background. That's just something that everyone's afraid of being discovered. 
but there's other problems to deal with. You know, it's like mm. all, like the people are more dangerous than the robots. That kind of idea. Now you yeah. always you have you have a couple of key scenes with the robots chasing them and all that kind of blind that everything of course, that yeah. happens yeah. as normal. But for the large part, the the, the uprising is sort of the, the background and the, the sort of, you sort of the, the it's uh, the palette which is painted on, but the actual stories sort of in the detail. It gives the story an immediacy, I guess. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, Claude Reyes Moretz is solid in the lead. Um, really? I was going to ask that because we, we both like she's a yeah. girl. That, that that that's our Chloe Grace Moretz, and anything else I've seen her in out with it, girl, I've pretty much been disappointed. She's yet to actually convince me that she's anything but a girl. Um, yeah. So go on, sell me. In she's this not book. bad, but I think Chloe Grace Moretz is in this weird world where. I think she is over 18 now, from what I'm led to believe. I'm not... Yeah, she is. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's only 20s now. Yeah. 97, 2007. Yeah, she will over it. But she's still very much in everyone's eyes. A bit like the... A bit like um, Christina Ricci for a long time, and also the girl who played uh, Rooney Mara. Selena, Gom- Selena Gomez. Selena well, Gomez extended. Yeah. Is it Rooney? The, woman who played, the girl who played Matilda. That uh-huh, as yeah. they get older, they're still kind of seen in very childlike ways. So... They can't yeah. actually be women, if that makes sense. You know, you still like, see no, totally. what, exactly what I said is to me, she, she's hit girl. That, that's yeah. that I've put her at the problem. I shouldn't have done it, but I've, maybe because the part was so good and she was so good in the part that that's yeah. the box she's been put in. But yeah, she's she, she's yet to break out from hit girl for me. Yeah, yeah, she's trying because she's done stuff like Suspiria, which wasn't very good, but um, she was in mm-hmm. it. Uh, Greta a couple of years ago, she was in that yeah. as well. Bad Neighbors 2, The Fifth Wave. Dark places, equalizer as well. She's playing like we should mm-hmm. like a, a a call girl in the in the equalizer. I think so yeah, yeah. She so she's trying to get to almost break away from I'm not a child, I'm a woman type thing. Yeah. But I think audiences still see her very much as a young girl. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, that's yeah. it. So you're right. She's definitely trying to get out of that. Um, but the story itself is a little bit bogged down in the middle to the point where you're, you're sort of it does feel very sluggish and you're kind of urging it, willing it just to get a kick in its arse and, and move on, which for a, it's an hour and fifty minutes long. It's not an overly long film. One hundred fifty minutes is not a huge. It's not. It's under two hours, but yeah. it, you felt you could have lost at least fifteen minutes out of this film and get the same movie. It just felt a very sluggish movie in that respect. That's what I was going to say. So that, that this definition that, that seems to be banded. I don't know if it's a new definition, but it's, it's definitely banded a bit more slow burn. Is slow burn basically the new term for low budget, low production? It does seem well like that. I think there's films that do it well, like something maybe it must be at least 10 years old now, but Monsters, if you remember that film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It sells you in a big scene at the start and then it basically slow burns for the next 90 yeah. minutes and then gives you a big scene at the end. Yeah. A lot of them are trying to do that kind of thing. You know, it's like we don't have the budget, we don't have the, the, the craft to do that. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you something big at the start and then you're going to stick with these characters for the next 90 minutes till we get to the end and then it's going to hit you because it's going to be something awesome. Or it's going to have an impact on you because you love these characters so much and and, and it'll hit hard. This film doesn't make you love the characters enough that the ending hits hard. Mm. It's, it's actually quite a tragic and sad ending. And it, even Gil was watching going, well, it's, it's a really bleak ending. Well, it's pretty bleak the way it ends. But I didn't care beyond that sad for a person to do that. I didn't really feel for Chloe Grace Moretz, character in particular, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It went straight to Netflix, <coughs> obviously, and it is very much feel like that standard straight streaming fodder. It doesn't feel like it's anything special. It yeah. just feels like it's there to kill an hour and 50 minutes and make you feel like you're getting your money's worth for your 6 99 a month from Netflix, essentially. Yeah. 
which is a shame that I, I, I guess I, again, I, I kind of we've mentioned this before, but I guess no one deliberately goes out to make a bad film. No, um, is, is the problem. But is there now this mentality that I can make a film that's good enough for Netflix? Is, can, is, that, <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. I, I don't can make know. a film that's six out of ten, which is what I'm giving yeah. it. Um, yeah. That it's not bad. It's not great. You watch it, you go, that was all right. You know, but you don't really. I, I felt nothing after it. I, I would never. I wouldn't recommend him. I would. I would say at least four or five other films that I'd mention that are on Netflix before I even consider. Mm-hmm. You know, offering that one. I mean, I probably think what I've watched on Netflix in recent days um, that I would have probably recommended before that. Oh, like I watched, yeah, yeah. I watched Seaberg, for example, on yeah. on Netflix. You know, a kind of a biopic. Enjoyed that far more yeah. than I enjoyed um, than I enjoyed this. Um, so just, it felt very, very, very average. So basically, I guess streaming now is the 90s, 80s equivalent of straight-to-DVD. Yeah, 100%. I, I 100%, that, that's, that's all it is. Yeah. 100%, yeah. that's all it is. For everyone that is terrible, for every 10 that are terrible, you might find mm-hmm. one that actually busts out, you know? Yeah. yeah Werewolf yeah. is in. For example, Werewolf is in, we talked about last week. That is 100% mm-hmm. a straight-to-DVD Tremors-esque movie. You know, it might do a yeah. couple of days in the cinema, but it's going to go straight-to-DVD, and you're hoping it finds an audience there. When it does, the audience loves it, and that's the idea yeah. behind it. You need to find yeah. your audience that way. So, you know, we love Kevin Smith, stuff like Mall Rats and Dogma. They, they're, they're cinematic releases, but it was VHS and DVD that sold those films. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. what made those films, you know, hits, um, you know, now. Yeah. So this is, this is not going to be one of those films, but it's definitely, yeah. it's, it's in that fodder. It's in the... It's made for, it's made for its platform, yeah. It's made for, it's made to be content, which yeah. is a horrible thing to say. I know what it is, it's made, yeah. to, it's made to exist, is essentially what it is. Yeah. Strange times we live in, isn't it? Strange, yeah. strange times, man. It's weird. Um, yeah. Just even having conversations like this, do you know what I mean? It's, it's bizarre. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, digressing. Sorry. <laughs> so six out of ten. Um, do you want to talk about licorice pizza, or do I wait till next week when I go and see it? Um, I, I want to briefly touch on it because I do okay. want you to see it as well and get in, and give me your thoughts. Um, first of all, I want to say is, um, it's not a film I was looking forward to. No. Um, so, right, right by Paul Thomas Anderson, it's all about a young boy who basically falls for an older girl. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, it, sort of, and they just charts the relationship that, over, yeah, over a summer. Yeah, and it's just the usual Anderson way of doing things where it's just a series of events that are loosely linked together, um, yeah. you know, with a meandering story. Okay. Um, he, he's, again, he's, he's a master craftsman, Anderson. You know, he's, he's made enough films now that he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And mm. how dare you tell him otherwise? Um, mm. I enjoyed it a, a, a lot. I'll tell you why next week. Um, strange cast. Um, the girl from Haim, isn't it? Who I've never ever heard of. Um, first thing I thought is, is she related to Corey? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which apparently she's, so I didn't know Haim was a rock no. band. Um, yeah. I, I never knew. I have three I sisters, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, they're all in the film as well. Yeah, so is um, her mum and dad as well, I think. The, mo- the, mother, know, the mother taught Paul Thomas Anderson in art class. Oh well, cool. Um, the, the the boy um, immediately looked up when I got home on IMDb. Is this is his first film? Yes. Um, well, um, is, is what we'll say just now, and I'll leave it to, to Do you. Do you know whose son it is? No, whose son it's is it? Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Is it? I, I, yeah. I, I never knew that. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, well, and again, I'll, I'll kind of leave it open. Um, there are a lot of um, cameos in it. Um, yes. 
Yeah, they, they, they pretty much all, all deliver. Um, there's a really cool camera on it um, that, that I'll speak to you about next week as well. So Blink and you miss it one, it's like the camera goes past and it's like, oh, fuck, that was um, one of them. I know Bradley Cooper is getting talk of an Oscar for this. It might be one of the, the shortest screen times for an Oscar. Uh, no, Cooper's totally just, you know, playing an over-the-top parody of a character. Um, mm. it's, not, it's not an Oscar. If he gets an Oscar nomination for it, then, you know, they didn't... Just well, you remember, though, enough. who's he playing in the film? I know who he's playing, but it so, doesn't know. He, Hollywood loves taking... it. Hollywood loves itself. That's the problem. I, I know, but it's when you see it again, you, you'll see what I mean. You know, he, he's totally over the top. He's, he's going for it in a big way, over the top, but it's not an awesome. No, I'm, I'm with you entirely, but Hollywood yeah. loves itself, and it, when it sees itself depicted on screen, it loves to vote for that kind of stuff. And there's a sense does, right yeah. now that Cooper should have won an Oscar for other things. Mm-hmm. And that's the one he gets the Oscar for. This is the well, it is. It's a shame because there's probably yeah. people more deserving. More deserving of it. Agreed. Like agreed. That, agreed. That, that proper performance. Um, yeah. it, it very reminiscent of Once a Time in America. Oh, um, okay. You'll see it again. Do you see what I mean when you see it? I, I really want to talk about this, and it's annoying that I can't because you've not seen it. You've been in the last. I'm going to see. I'm going to see this. It's just not been on the cinema down my way. Yeah, it's yeah. Next week. But um, but yeah, I, I, honestly. Going by the trailers now, I was actually kind of not looking forward to it at all. And the only reason I went to see it is because I had to get out of the house and I had to go to the cinema. And it was the only thing on that fitted in with my kind of day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm really, really, really glad that I did. And okay. Talk, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Though, we'll I'm talk about it in depth next week, but I'm intrigued by it. Very much intrigued by it. So yeah. I'm going to see it Monday. Yeah. So we'll see what it's cool. like. Um, we'll move on to the film that you could have seen but didn't go and see. And um, I did go and see. is a film <laughs> called um, The the 355, um, mm-hmm. directed by Simon Kinberg, whose previous directorial efforts was X-Men Dark Phoenix. So, I mean... Get that in your CV, why don't you? Yes. Um, <laughs> he seems to be someone who's beloved in Hollywood because he gets a lot of work, but he's like, his writing credits are like Triple X2 and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and mm-hmm. <coughs> like Dark Phoenix. I mean, he has got last the X-Men the day before yesterday, that's called the... Days of Future Past. That one, yes. He's done that one. He directed that one. Which which was that that one. one, That's the one we liked. Yes. We we enjoyed that one, and we just didn't like the other ones Mm. after. Yes. So this film is about a group of (coughs) women, sort of CIA CIA and MI5 agents, um, who are basically looking for a package that is a MacGuffin that can basically tap into any computer in the world and cause untold devastation. And at the same time, there's other people who want this, obviously, many gangsters and bad people, and they're trying to get it off them and, and you know, use it for their own nefarious needs. And at the same time, they're all breaking away from their individual agencies and working together, so all the agencies don't like them for you know breaking nationality ranks. And so they're all after them as well. So they're fighting, both, not only their own governments, but they're trying to stop world domination by finding so, this um, MacGuffin. Basically, it's Fast and Furious 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Essentially, yes. Um, <laughs> in the film, you've got, you've got everyone's favourite redhead, Jessica Chastain. Uh, I'm not a fan. Do you, do you, I've oh, never I like liked, Jessica I, I, I don't get Chastain. I don't understand. I, I, I like just Chastain. don't get it. I know, I like I know you, you, you're always trying to convince me and you're always like, Chastain. And like, every time yeah. I see it, and I do try, I'm always like, okay, you know, let's let's see. And every time I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't know like what it is. No, no. No, no reason for it. I'm just, just me being a dick, I guess. Um, yeah. There's nothing. She's never wronged me. No, she's not. She's not an ex, she's dumped you or something if you want to send a paper towards her. No, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. so. You've also got everyone's, you know, probably the best eyes in Hollywood, Penelope Cruz. Uh, mm-hmm. You've also got uh, Diane Kruger popping up in it in a 
the mm-hmm. Kruger role. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o appears in it as well. Again, James Fleming pops up in it as well, which is very surprising. Um, the Bond boys doing the rounds, yeah. Yeah, and also Sebastian Stan, um, everyone's favourite hockey. Um, Every, everyone's well. favourite Romanian. Um, that is, is he Romanian? Say, yeah, yeah, he's, he's Romanian, Sebastian Stan. I thought he's American, but no. Romanian buff. No, no, he's Romanian. Yeah. No so way. There's, there's there's not many Romanians you can name that, that are you know famous. Um, he's 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 the go-to. Go I'm going to call shenanigans on that right now. But <laughs> you you look it up. So I'm you, looking you, that up now because I do not believe Sebastian <laughs> Stan is Romanian. That just sounds utter bollocks. He's no, he's he's uh, Sebastian Stan is he is he is 100 Romanian, sir. Um, and I think maybe Boris Karloff. Possibly as well as maybe the only other one that I can think of, but that, that's he's, he's your he's your go to, he's your pub quiz. Oh, fuck, story. you're actually right. He was born in Romania, he's Romanian, yeah. he's, he is Romanian, he's got dual nationality now, but he was born mm. in Romania. Yeah, he's, 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 and you would no, because like yeah, I guess Romanians are just like Eastern European, so like, yeah. European, Europeans, you know what I mean? So it's like, why, why would you fucking know anyway? Do, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, there you go. Did, did, My lord, did, you were actually correct. I was, I'm stunned <laughs> at that information that Sebastian Stan is actually Romanian. Holy crap. Oh, we don't do a movie podcast for nothing, you mean? Yeah? <laughs> he didn't know that Freddie Hoffman's son was in Licorice Pizza. That's that's why it's amazing to me. Didn't know he was. Well, that's because it's his son. Is his son named Hoffman? Isn't it? Oh, it is as well. And you looked the him Perry, up as well. Perry drops. I looked him up as well. I said, no, he's not delivering for I don't know who he is. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's really good. <laughs> More random knowledge. You know who you know who Paul Thomas Anderson's married to? No, who's he married to? Maya Rudolph. Oh, I didn't know that either. It's, a, it's, a, it's an odd mix, isn't it? You go, yeah, yeah. Um, she obviously lets him do what he wants. It's, yeah, no, but from what just before we go back to three five five PTA, from what I've read of him, he's, he's a guy who loves cinema. Like he loves an Adam Sandler mm. film as he much as he loves, you know, a film, you know, like sort of, um, you know, some high artistic, you know, yeah. French it, it new just, cinema. Like, like us, he's yeah, a film. Just, you know, he I, enjoys I like cinema. Film, um, you know. You know, I like a good film and that's it. And I like a popcorn film as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Not everything I see has to be fucking aesthetically amazing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I like I like the rock beating people up as much yeah. as I like fucking, you know, Ralph Fiennes acting as a as a, a Nazi and getting Oscars for that. Yeah, exactly. He, he he seems to love the yeah. whole gambit of cinema, which I think is really impressive. People uh, who dismiss uh, us one side of the other don't like people who enjoy the yeah. whole gambit of cinema, I'm 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 more fan Absol- of it. Absolutely. It's there to entertain and it doesn't matter what it is. If it entertains, then it's you know, it's yeah. done its job for you. Carry on, <laughs> sir. We are uh, Speaking of cinema should entertain, let's move on to the 355. <laughs> so this is a, it's a very muddled action thriller. It's essentially just an over, it's a two-hour MacGuffin chase. There's not really much yeah. story to all on that. Yeah. Um, the cast all seem totally game. They seem like they're really up for it. You know, it's this idea of being a, a female-led action film, which is, again, a great thing. You know, we don't have enough of them. But it's let down by lazy action, predictable plot. And you know, not even lazy action, see badly structured action to the point you don't really know who's supposed to be where and why they're there and you get confused about the geography of the action scene yeah i hate that that's something that really annoys me because it it happens too often you guys the people who do it well do it brilliantly like the guys done the raid they know you know exactly where every person is in that scene and what the relationship to every other person in that scene is during the fight same with something like you mentioned before the kingsman fight the one in um the church yeah, oh, Jesus, yeah. That yeah. one, you know, that where everyone yeah. should be at yeah. all times. So it should example, be like... John Wick, again, almost, same idea. Yeah, it should be like a dance, do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. You know I mean? The camera shouldn't have to mm. jump, you know what I mean? You, uh-huh. you know, a good action sequence should be... Like, 
Shang Chi, even Marvel, have, have kind of tapped into this now. Where yes. you know you can you can keep the camera away, let it all unfold. You don't oh, need yes. the fucking snappy cuts because snappy cuts <coughs> means choreography shite. Your actors can't fight. It's not even snappy cut. This is more like an action scene happens in a room, and I'm going right, okay. And then also there's another room appears. I'm going, why is that person yeah. in that room? Where did that room come from? Like, <laughs> did they walk in a room? Like, why are they there? Like, what's that room's relationship to the other people? What's what's going on here? And stuff like that annoys me. I'm going like, I don't really understand how this all interacts because then it's like, yeah. right, she's in trouble right now. Just oh, make a door there, and we'll make her into this room, and that's it sorted. It's like, well, that doesn't yeah. really. You can't, work, you can't you know? do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know be, so have consistency. Yeah, yeah. So very lazy action. That is a predictable plot. And think, you know exactly. Someone gets killed off early on. I'm not going to say who mm. it was, but you pretty much know they are not dead. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Not killed on camera, not dead. Uh-huh. 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 You know, you're going to go, right, that's very, it's not even subtle. You go, right, well, that person's coming back. Um, <laughs> um, again, I think I mentioned it sort of at the end of last week's show, Chastain with this and uh, Ava, she wants to be an action star. And I totally get it. She, she seems to have, she's got the build for it. But though she's not as big as I think she is, I think she's only like five foot four, but she looks like she's six foot two. Yeah. You know, but she no, has okay. that kind of yeah. she has that kind of status where like she would be a good action hero. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie Theron's got that as well. And you think, well, I can totally get behind her. I don't think the world wants it. I don't think the world will want to give it. Much like yourself, they seem a little bit cold to her. And yeah. I'll say this, I watched this film in a completely empty cinema. Like just, you. just me. Well, me and the wife. Oh, that was it. No one else. Screen. Oh, massive screen like I think it's about 100, 150 seat of screen that's like VIP that's like that's was, welcome welcome to your home TV sorry you know. <laughs> at one point you're looking at going you want to rent a cinema for like a, you can rent it for 150 quid for like a night or something so you can watch a bunch of films and essentially we oh, got that go and see the free five five on Monday night <laughs> and Monday night and you get you guarantee you an empty cinema so but the thing is at that point in the night I think not only the only person in that screen I might have been the only person in the entire cinema because the looks that the staff gave me as I walked out um, I think I was holding them up you, they had to work they had to wait for, for you, me you yeah. fucker <laughs> So, <laughs> judging by the audience for this film, I don't think it's getting a great audience. I don't think it's going to be um, suggesting will be sort of unfortunately being action. But I th- like everyone in it's fun. Everyone else is having having a good time. They all have little quirks that makes them, you know, have the you know the the, the roles are there for them. So mm. a lot of stuff I liked about that. Um, the sequel baiting at the end always bad, always terrible. Hate it. Don't give me sequel baiting if I'm not happy with the film. You know, give me the film first. And I will decide, as, as an audience will decide, do we want a sequel? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my expectation for this was so low going in that I actually kind of enjoyed it because it was, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, it's like you went and it's, you know, yeah. if Kingsman went in with high expectation and yeah. it didn't meet them, you feel bad. When you go yeah. in with low expectation and it's not completely awful, you go, you know what, that, for what it was, for it's, two hours, yeah. it was passable entertainment. Totally get you. Sometimes you just need to go in and let it wash over you. Just pure nonsense. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm Do you know what it sounds like? Um, just th- when you were describing it there, um, it sounds like they've made Fox Force Five. Essentially, it? essentially, <laughs> yes, they have made Fox Force Five. Yes, Tarantino should be proud of himself. Yeah, he's, he's kind of fucking visions came to fruition. Um, it's Charlie's Angels as well. It's just it's all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, just it's another yeah. thing. But one of the off putting things. Um, I, I may be onto nothing here, but. The, the, the first thing when I first heard about this movie, and I was like, what the fuck's a 355? It, 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 do you know what I mean? The, just the, the title, just from there, you're like, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Well, you only, find what out what, you only find out what 355 means in the final scene of the film. Yeah. I looked it up and I know what it means, but yes. it's like, don't call a film. It, it's not a gripping title. It doesn't conjure up 
it doesn't conjure any imagery. It no. doesn't give you anything. You just don't care. Do you know what I mean? It's like, the only way that's acceptable is if, for whatever reason, that's well known in America. The three five five. You know. Yeah. You know that's the only reason I can imagine it be, it'd be worth. But I don't know. I don't think it is known in America. No, um, I don't think it is at all. I think no one knows what it means. Yeah, so that, that didn't work for me. And, and, and that yeah. felt like a silly title. So people really don't know what they're getting into when they're going yeah, to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Out of 10, I'm giving it five. <laughs> I, five based on the movie itself or five based on your experience? I think it's, I think it's, 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 a, it's probably a four, to be honest. But yeah. I got to watch an empty cinema. I felt like a big shot for a night. Um, and <laughs> like I said, <laughs> Low expectations meant I had more fun with it than I probably should have. No, that's good. I, I, told, I've done, I don't know how many times I've had a really shit day at work or a bad day and I've went to see a film and it's maybe not been a film I wanted to see and it's just been dumb and daft and I've come yeah. in and I've been like, do you know what? Yeah, it's lifted my spirits and could have been worse and yeah, possible. Yeah. So I, I totally get where, you, 100% yeah. get where you come from. I know. Yeah. I but, and I like Jessica Chastain. I know you in a big way. Yeah. And uh, I found out during this film, my wife really liked Penelope Cruz. She would not shut up. Because in the cinema, so she was everyone. talking. She would not shut up at Penelope Cruz all the way through the fucking film. Everyone likes Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz is, is she's, she's, she's a great actress. She's she is. But she, and, she and as you say, those, those eyes as well. Yeah. beautiful eyes and all of it, yeah. Every time she's on screen, she's stunning. I'm like, we, like, we get it. Like, she, she was she would not shut up at Penelope Cruz. I don't know what the hell it was, but Penelope Cruz has unleashed something who, inside her. Who was that doing that with Ella? Do you mean, Lorraine, we're watching... Um, Barefoot in the Park, which is old 60s movie, Jane yeah. Fonda and Robert Redford, yeah. and it's like just when you watch it through the screen, it's just like the two most beautiful people ever do you know what I mean, they're, they're just like, they just exude beauty, do you know what I mean you can smell the pheromones Aye. it's when you TV. watch like um, what's it, um, Butch Cass and the Sundance Kid and you go, yeah, yeah. they two apparently they're very, both very nice guys, Redford and Newman yeah. apart, like, not the Hollywood dick kids we go, they yeah. could have anything in anyone they wanted they're at any time just, you know, it looks like that. Yeah. Just, or, or Brad Pitt, anytime you see Brad Pitt yes. as well, and you're just like, that man, he's just a fucking god. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that man has like, not slept oh, alone once in his life. You know what <laughs> 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 I mean? No, I get Jill's obsession. I, I, I get it, man. It's just, there, there's, there's a handful of actors and actresses that are just like the package. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They've yeah. just, they're just got it all, man. They're just yeah. like, wow. Yeah, and they're just, your eyes are just drawn to them every time. No matter yeah. what they're in or how good or bad it is, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm with them. I get it. Yeah, you go. Well, Jill um, absolutely so, loves Penelope Cruz. So five out of ten. Last film of the night, and then we'll let everybody go, is a film on Amazon Prime called The Tender Bar, which is directed by George Clooney, um, who has done a lot of directing, actually. I think there's a much mm. directing he's actually done. He's done one last year called The Midnight Sky, did yeah. Suburbicon, Monuments Men, Good Night and Good Luck, Leatherheads, Aids of March. He's, you know, and he's done a few of that. Um, Catch-22 as well. So the man, he's, yeah. he's actually became quite a... Um, prominent director of late. I'm sure there's a few more in there you've missed out as yeah. well. He's, he's done quite a lot of films, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, done, he's done a fair amount of work. So, in this film, essentially, it's set around a young, a young man who's grown up in Long Island, New York, um, and he keeps going to his, his uncle's bar um, and sort of searching for a father figure in this bar while, because his, his actual father is away. Um, and at the same time, he's trying to become a writer rather than a lawyer. Being a lawyer would make his mum happy. Um, and it's just him sort of Traveling through life for like sort of essentially you're watching him during his sort of first couple of first sort of college years, um, as he kind of grows up. Um, it's a very much a slice of life kind of film. Um, mm. And the film you got Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck playing <laughs> ben, Affleck, ben Affleck. That's his friend. The that's his friend's name. That's his last dual name. <laughs> so ben Affleck plays the uncle. Uh, Ty Sheridan plays the, the nephew who's sort of 
your, your journey you're watching. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, who's lovely to see him pop up in a film. Oh, wow. um, he plays the granddad. Uh, Lily Rake plays his mum. And Renee's Feliz, uh, Resney Feliz, sorry, plays a sort of love interest in it. Um, number one, why put out? Lovely seeing Christopher Lloyd in a film when he's not sort of hamming up the Doc character again. He's done yeah. it a couple of times this year. Like he's done it in um, Nobody. Yeah. Done this. Like people forget because Christopher Lloyd's now become a bit of a parody of himself. He's so famous because of um, Back to the Future. That's people Back think to the Future. Taxi. I guess it all sounds for Taxi. But yeah, but he's, he's doing that. But Christopher Lloyd's a fucking great actor. Like people forget yeah. he's, a, he's a wonderful actor. If you watch something like One Through the Cuckoo's Nest, he's a phenomenal yeah. actor. You know, uh, and he's. he's Maybe for an easy life doing what he's been doing, which is totally get it, totally understand it. But I like this, and he sort of later years he's found this new set of least to play roles as opposed to yeah. playing Christopher Lloyd, which I think is really yeah. nice. Anyway, it's an enjoyable kind of slice of life, um, kind of real life, um, but and it's not like a world-breaking plot or a world-ending plot. It's just very much a very localized personal story, which I'm, I'm a big fan of those kind of films. I mean, it's, it's not trying to you know, change the world. It's not trying yeah. to, you know, you know, save the world. It's just a guy just trying to find out who he is in life and understand his position in the world and maybe realise maybe he's better than where he is or maybe he's not, but he wants to try at least find out if he is, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I think as people, it's set in Long Island, New York, but I think even in Scotland, yeah. we can sort of understand that a lot of people tell you just be set with what you've got and happy with that. Don't try and branch out uh, anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's that kind of thing about it. Very good performance in it. Ty Sheridan's really good. Chris Lloyd does not get much scenes in it, but everything he has in it, he's really nice in it. Um, ben Affleck really, for me, stole the film. He was genuinely very, very good. Affleck's very admit. Affleck can come <laughs> along and do that, but he can come along and you're like, shit, that's Ben Affleck. Or yeah. you can come along and he's like, oh, fuck, it's Ben Affleck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he totally can be divisive like that, um, Affleck, I find. He, he plays an almost, and this is playing an almost a rap scene in it, like a sort of... Um, you know the drunken scholar type thing. You know the, yeah. the you know the JK the JK Shakespeare almost like the guy of, of clearly extreme intelligence, yeah, and knowledge. But he's working this dive bar in New, in, in Long Island and he's not broken away from that and he's still getting beat up and he's still trying to find thirty bucks from somebody. But yeah. clearly a very switched on guy and he sort of he, he yeah. embodies that role really well. I really liked him in this film. What I was going to say is what was the the movie we seen recently with Ty Sheridan in a really similar role? Remember? Where he was trying to kind of, he was like the kind of young apprentice to whoever it was. Um, oh yeah, he's popped in a few things recently. I've like here and he sort of had a wee breakout with him. Um... But this one sounds very similar to, to that. It was only like a few months ago we watched it. Um, but you know he was like the kind of understudy almost, you know, trying to kind of the con men. Do you know what I mean? He was like, I'm coming to check. Yeah, yeah, it's, it kind of sounds quite, quite like a similar role. Anyway, not not the film, but the role. He's definitely he's, he's he's a less damaged character in this. I would say yeah. he's definitely a more hopeful character. He has mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. joy in his life in this than he has in the card counter. Cool. This is very much a guy who, like I said, he understands where he is, understands, but he's trying to understand who he is a little bit. You know, if you haven't got uh-huh. a father, who is your father figure? So is it his uncle? Yeah. yeah. And he's, and like someone says at one point, your uncle's like your dad. And he's like, no, he's my uncle. Yeah. That's not his, he knows it's not his dad, it's like his uncle. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, just, it's just a I found that it's, it's like 90 minutes or 100 minutes long. It's just this enjoyable scene, really good actors acting, um, playing embodying roles, and just being a low-key intimate film, you know, that sort yeah. of it yeah. just doesn't 
it doesn't end in any with any big reveal. It doesn't start with any yeah. big reveal. It just sort of it just sort of is. And I was drops, very much drops you in. You just kind of you know swept along through you, but and then but, but I, I also instantly in. got who all the characters were. I'm like, yep, yeah, I get who these people are. I'm, I'm totally yeah. invested in them. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think Clooney kind of hats off to him because he makes the movies that he wants. Do you know what I mean? He, you know, he's he's he you know he's got you know this this obvious idea, and every movie when you watch, it's like yeah, you know, he's not bowing to anyone's yeah. you know demands or needs or audience. He's like you know that this is the film I want to make, and a lot of his films are like that. Do you know what I mean? They're just, yeah. That I think heavy. A... Um, do you know what I mean? It's just like there's definitely a Clooney in a way. Eastwood's got a stamp. Clooney's got yeah. you know. There's well, see, I'll get it. Movies. I would say visually Clooney's not yet got a stamp. That's what I'm going to say. There's nothing really defined the Clooney film to me compared to other films. Um, but this one, you and these other films, like I said, it's very much you know dialogue driven, very much actor driven. It's not yeah. really action driven anyway. Real, I think the only one that really yeah. tried that was Monuments Men, and that was probably the weakest of all his films. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would say? I, I thought because I think most of his films he's put himself in, hasn't he? You know, Suburbicon he's in. Maybe, him, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. one he could easily have seen himself in the athletic role. Mm-hmm. But he'd been completely wrong for it because Clooney yeah. is a very handsome man who is definitely Hollywood. He's definitely yeah. come from that kind of world. You see him; he doesn't look like a working class man, which is nothing wrong. He's just—he's not a working mm. class man. He comes from, but he has worked. You know, he's, mm. he worked exceptionally hard through his entire life to get where he is now. You just know, not was, in the kitchen the way we did. Yeah, he, he's not. A, he was a jobbing actor yeah. for like literally twenty yeah. years, just trying to get a break. Whereas yeah. Affleck, you buy Affleck as, as a guy working in a bar. You can you can understand yeah. that. You know, you see, if Affleck hadn't been friends with Matt Damon, he would probably be working in a bar. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's definitely you know, so yeah. Affleck seems to know this world better than a guy like Clooney. And you can definitely yeah. see it's Affleck leading that world. He's almost he's kind of like an intelligent version of see the Banyan character in um, Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. almost like that, about you know, great at sports. Yeah. Bit more intelligent than that character, sort of a bit more of a scholar, um, yeah. but still very much afraid to get away from his world. He's very sort of tied to his, his, his homestead, where he yeah, is. He's sort of a, a, a yeah. king in his small kingdom. Yeah, which yeah. I do that. I get story of my life. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm man. <laughs> you're the king yeah. of your small kingdom. Uh, that kingdom well. is only when you're there alone. If anyone else is with you in uh, that kingdom, you're not the king. <laughs> I've got a wee box now and again, I'll pop out and I'll be like, nah, nah. just back in here. I know it's. Comfortable, I like it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get it, man. I, get but I think you'll like it. It's on actually, Amazon. Yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. I really enjoyed. Like I said, 100 minutes long, really enjoyable. 100 minute slice of life. Um, I've got a very, very, very strong seven out of ten. Cool. I'm going to look that one up. So well done, sir. So you convinced me of two tonight. I think yeah, definitely boiling point and definitely yeah. tender bar. Mother yeah. Android, you might get something out of, but I think you should avoid three five five. No, I mean maybe yeah. maybe maybe watch yeah. it on. DVD I'll wait until it goes on straight straight to streaming. That's what yes. I'll, wait <laughs> I'll, wait, I'll wait for that. Yeah, but that is us for the next this week. Next week we've got a bit of a there's not a lot coming out. I think cinemas are a little bit nervous right now with this yeah. Omicron with things you know are going on. So not putting a lot of stuff out in cinema. Probably everything we've talked about today is still in the cinemas. And stuff like from my well before Christmas is still in the cinema. Like Ghostbusters Spy- is still in the cinema. Spider Man's eating up so many screens. screens now. And if you've not seen Spider Man yet, then you know it's basically repeat viewings now, isn't it? That, that's, basically, that must be it. That must be running it. in fumes. Yeah, but yeah, but it's still making money. Um, but anyway, so next week we have the continuation of the Scream franchise in a film called Scream, which annoys me. But like when they, they called 
maybe they called it Halloween, oh, Halloween. Halloween. Halloween, I know. I'm like, come on, just, you know. Like, give it, it a name. It, that's the thing is, it doesn't inspire imagine, imagination or confidence because yeah. you, you, you know you're going to see Scream. <coughs> I've seen yeah. Scream. I've seen Scream 2, which was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Scream it. I've kind of, I know, I think, I'll probably go and see it. Yeah, because I love my horror films, but I can pretty much guarantee I know exactly what I'm going to go and see, and I'm going to come out, and I'm going to be in a bastard of a mood because I went to see what I knew I was going to go and see anyway. Out of interest, right? so yeah. I think they're going to kill off either Dewey, Sydney, or what's in his character called, um, Monica's character called, what they call Gail Storm. Gail got it. Gail Storm. Yeah. Gail, Sydney, or Dewey. Who do they kill off yeah. in this? Yeah, what one? Oh, no, I'm actually, pick, it, what one do you think it'll be? Do, do them all. Um, Courtney Cox is going to go. Then Gail's she's, going to go. She's go. Yeah, she, she's definitely going to go. It's going to be her. Um, I've got people, a feeling like it's going to be Sydney. Thanks. No, I think no. People still like her a lot. Um, David Arquette. We've all got a wee soft spot for Courtney Cox. To be you can't kill. We can't kill the, the, the sort of puppy. And he's a puppy of the series. So you can't really kill exactly. him. Exactly. I mean, Courtney Cox. Back in the day, I gave a fuck. Now I'm like, sorry. <laughs> She's not relevant anymore. Kill her off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, with, I'm going with Sydney. I think Sydney's going to bite it in this. Oh, cool. Right, we're interested to see. But yeah, I, I will go and see it. But like I say, I know exactly what I'm going to go and see. Um, okay. And I'm going to be angry that I've fucking duped myself into going and see it again. Okay. Um, also, next week is um, a bigger spoon release of Licorice Pizza. It's getting sort of expanded release, which is nice to know. Um, yeah. Based on what you're saying. And also in your, um, your art house cinemas and also your sort of your smaller cinemas and but also from friday the 14th is streaming on apple plus is the tragedy of macbeth which i know you're not jumping at the, the bit for but it is denzel doing shakespeare directed by one of the Coen brothers yeah if, if ever you're going to listen to shakespeare surely that's the situation you might listen to shakespeare I, I agree. I mean, if I was, if somebody, you know, said you, you have to pick, you know, a Shakespearean piece, then, then yeah, of course, Denzel doing Shakespeare. Is. <laughs> Lord Savey, who's he? Sorry, yeah. give me Denzel. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I'm there, but I, I, I just can't do you old sweet man. See, see if he'd have done it in, like, you know, Denzel was, you know, like just kind of chewing the fat and then, you know, giving it street talk and shit. I'd be like, yeah, I'm down with it, but I, no, mm. you know, I can't do it if I can dust out no or shit. No, I can't, I can't do that. Okay. But I'm, you, I've, got film, I've got a film Denzel will kill it. Yeah, of course. It's Denzel. Denzel. Denzel does no wrong, ever. Sure. Yeah. You can't think of a bad Denzel film, can you? No, you've frozen the most funny poses, bro. I wish people could see that. You had to go with fingers, but I die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Richard at the chemist getting some, yeah. some cough linked to um, <laughs> You can find his other usual spots. Uh, number three is the movie we're on. Um, Gmail, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. So, yeah, g- give us some love, man. You know, we fucking do this shit every week for you, you know, to... For us, we do for us more than you, but but I said, oh, someone out there gives a fuck. So, you know, let us know what you think. Have you seen Licorice Pizza? Was it good? Was it bad? Did you know that was Hoffman's son? That was a revelation. Everyone knew it was Hoffman's son. Apart from me, apparently. Apart from Um, you, yes. So, give us your thoughts and opinions. It's always good to get some feedback from you guys as well. Um, I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and we've been Three Beers in a Movie.